It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve into the world of terrible horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrible movies. So, if you've made a horror movie on your phone, or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please, send it my way. Now, what do you get when you take a man in a wheelchair... Put him with a nurse who's kind of a dick, have a bachelorette party next door, and involve Bigfoot? Why, you get the film Abominable. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Terrible Terror Podcast. It's me, the Terrible Terror here, and this film is brought to you by none other than Mr. Captain Dr. Nuts on Twitter. That's M-R-C-A-P-T-D-R-N-U-T-S. Uh, originally I had requested, as I explained kind of in the last episode, uh, follower 700 to give me a film. Took too long. I got a request from somebody, uh, well... It was actually talking about cryptozoological... I'm not going to be able to say that right at this time of night. But cryptozoological type movies. See, still can't say it. And I was having a hard time saying abominable for the longest time. In fact, I'm just going to leave that in there because fuck it. I can't be perfect all the time. I mean, I guess I'm not perfect most of the time. But that's besides the point. So anyway, so he wanted to talk about these types of films. And he asked for some suggestions and... You know, uh, of course, Lake Placid always comes to mind. Uh, Who doesn't love a fucking giant alligator and Betty White being friends? I mean, come on. I know. Spoiler alert, but whatever. That's just the way that it is. And there's also a great movie, surprisingly made by Bobcat Goldthwait. You remember him from the old Police Academy movies? Well, he is actually a pretty good director, and he's done some great films. And one happens to be called willow creek which is an interesting bigfoot movie in its own right and really has no business being as good as it is so i you know gave him those suggestions and he's hopefully has checked out willow creek uh but he mentioned a movie called abominable that i had never seen not really heard of before and what really took the icing off the cake is that good old lance henriksen is in this yeah Millennium himself is in this. Now, I know, I know, I kid, I kid, I kid. Everybody knows him from Pumpkinhead and Alien and Aliens. Uh, I don't remember if he makes a show up in Alien 3. I believe he does. Uh, And just my memory is probably a little foggy because I want to kind of forget that film. But uh, anyway, it's weird to see him in such a low-budget film. Even in 2006, he looked pretty old. I mean... He looked pretty old back in Alien, uh, but you know, it's just kind of the way people are, right? Like, Steve Martin's always looked old, ever, even ever since, like, The Jerk. You know, it's one of those things. You look at certain people and like, yeah, they're just an old guy. Uh, and so it's actually relatively interesting that he suggests this movie, and I decided, what the hell, uh, I haven't gotten a response from Follower 700, so I'm going to pretend you're Follower 700, and you get to have your movie on the podcast. 
which is great because it actually turned out to be uh I'll, I'll spoiler right now a fun experience um you'll get to know more about the film as we go on but i really had low expectations i saw the trailer uh you know there wasn't a whole lot to it i mean if you even think about the beginning of this movie it starts off with just like horses well because a horse is getting killed right by a bigfoot uh but that's the sounds that you get to start a movie it's kind of weird and i was really hoping not to play horse sounds for you guys as the start of the like whole podcast like here goes my little intro and then all of a sudden okay those are the that's as good as my Angus Young, to be honest with you. Uh, who, you know, I got a nice decease and, uh, <laughs> cease and desist letter. Decease and desist. Uh, <laughs> yes, I got a letter that said, uh, Angus Young has passed away and his ghost wants you to stop pretending to be him for your podcast. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just a weird film. I mean... It wants to be something, uh, and and again, I, I just I really want to talk about certain things right away, but we're we're gonna save some of it. I have to save it, and I have to keep myself from going off tangent when talking about this film. But the only thing I'm gonna talk to you about right now, and I want you to keep in the back of your mind, is Alfred Hitchcock. Now, why would I do that? Well, let's get on with the film. So it opens up, like I said, with horses. And there's this couple, and they're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, you don't know exactly where it is. You know it maybe it's kind of foresty. Maybe they're up in the mountains. Maybe they're uh, on a farm somewhere. You just know that they're worried about their livestock that happens to be outside, which happens to be the horses. Uh, they happen to have, like, a cocker spaniel that's what it looks like uh maybe it's something different maybe it's just uh the version of the film i watched which happened to be on youtube which you can find for free uh and fair warning again uh because of the audio quality of this and the fact that somebody put it up there while they were recording it like it literally looked like somebody was periscoping this and or youtube living what he was watching so that way it would get onto YouTube past whatever censors it you know are out there, and uh, I do thank him because it was nice to be able to watch the film without having to resort to uh, as a, a friend of mine would say sailing the high seas, and you know who you are, uh, and uh, it's it just interesting like uh, what happened with some of the audio, and I really thought. <laughs> To be honest, I thought it was uh, like random Bigfoot sounds going through, but it's more like he's adjusting his mic or he's adjusting something in the background. And you're right, it could be a she, but uh, user count was like Dwayne something. Maybe it was Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Wouldn't that be interesting? He's pirating movies to YouTube. Such a big action star. Maybe he was doing it and he was pretending to be Vin Diesel at the same time. Or, or it was Vin Diesel, you know, highlighting as The Rock. So that way you can kick him out of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Though, you need to have him in those movies to make money uh, nowadays. Anyway, I digress. I'm getting way off topic talking about Vin Diesel and his hate for The Rock and how he needs him to be in the rest of the Fast and the Furious movies. So the side note, I guess, is that the audio is all over the fucking place. Sometimes it's great, sometimes it's shitty, sometimes you get whatever this guy is doing shit to the microphone that you're like, fuck, would you just stop it? 
But it allows you to watch the movie and allows you to watch the movie for, for free. So they go outside. And of course, when you're hearing your horses, at that point, I'd be like, okay, no, I'll, I'll make sure that everything's okay. Uh, and eventually they get to where the horse is. And they see their poor dead horse just lying there in the ground. And they begin to discuss what exactly did it. And then the dog just happens to run away. This ain't no coyote. Beer? No, this is a 1,200-pound quarter horse. Never seen a bear that can... Sparky, no! Get back here! Sparky! And of course, as you heard there, Sparky doesn't come back because he's fucking dead. Whatever got the horse just fucking beat the shit or uh, snapped his neck or whatever you think that happened to the dog. I I mean, I'll give you some time to figure out what the worst possible death uh, that a Bigfoot could lay upon a dog. No, it's okay. I'll wait. Think of one yet? Oh, no? Okay. You know, he could have strangled him. Or, uh, you know, he could have uh, ripped his head off. You know, just, uh, you never think about how dogs might die. I mean, the only people that really does anything bad to dogs is trauma. So, hey, here you go. <laughs> think away. So they decide to run. Uh, and, and before I get, uh, you know, further, Sparky, really? Whoever wrote the script, like, you have to pick the most fucking generic name for a dog. Sparky. Might as well call it Spot. Shit. Or Boy. Here, boy. Here, boy. Come on, come on, come on, come on, boo. I just, uh. It's when you can't think of a name for an animal. You could have called him Todd. Or Rod. Or Flanders. Flanders would have been a good name, right? Anyway, so Dog eats it, and they run back into the house. So they're cowering in fear inside of the house. And, of course, what do they do when they start hearing sounds come from other areas? I know he's got a gun, but at that point, nobody's trying to break into your house. Nobody's doing anything. Just stay the fuck put, or go lock yourself in another fucking room, and you don't have to worry about it. But no, they decide that we're going to go outside. Aren't you fucking safe inside the goddamn house? Like... Seriously, you don't need to step outside. You can just stay put. Why Why do, why do they do this? I, I just... It's another thing where I never fucking understand in terms of, like, horror movies. And, of course, there's some. And maybe it's just a trope of the horror genre in general. That, hey, I'm in a safe place. I need to leave it so I can get fucking killed. Well, they go outside. They don't get fucking killed, thank God. Well, maybe. I don't know. They did let the dog die, right? A slow slow, painful death to the Bigfoot. Uh, And so they see Bigfoot tracks outside. You know, well, they see big feet tracks. So, yeah, it's a fucking Bigfoot, okay? This, you know what this is going into the fucking movie. You, you fucking saw the poster before you even clicked on the podcast link. You know it's about a giant fucking Neanderthal-looking motherfucker that just has really long hair. I mean, it's the cousin it of the violent animal world, right? Tons of hair, or fur, whatever you want to call it. It looks more like hair. This isn't your Harry and the Hendersons type of fucking Bigfoot. He's not going to fucking hang out with fucking John Lithgow or some shit like that. He's here to fuck dogs up and fuck horses up, okay? 
that's what he's here to and possibly fuck some humans up too you know there ain't gonna be no sly grim from this guy or stupid bogus fucking hijinks uh like that other fucking movie this isn't your grandma's fucking bigfoot movie okay it's like your 14 year old brother's like imaginative one uh or classic film buffs <laughs> bigfoot movie so uh they you know they see the tracks and then that's when we get the title screen once we come back from that it's now daytime and we're introduced to preston and preston is sitting in a car trying to get the radio to work and when he finally does we get to meet otis who is uh somebody that's traveling along with him hey what are you doing let's get this show on the road i was listening to that what do you say we lay a few ground rules right now preston Dr. Rayner, he released you into my care. That means I'm going to be calling the shots from here on out. The way I see it, we're going to spend the next three days up here together. And we could spend those three days the easy way or the hard way. Do we understand each other? Now, here's the issue that I have kind of in the beginning, because we don't know exactly what the relationship between these two. We know that there's a doctor-patient type of relationship that Preston has, uh, but who is Otis? Uh, he's wearing scrubs, so it's pretty plain. Well, maybe it's not necessarily plain, but you can kind of get the idea that, okay, he's somebody that's going to watch after him. But what's the reason why he has to watch out for him? What's going on? You know, why is Preston being so fidgety? Well, you find out that he kind of thinks that it's a bad idea to be back. It's a bad idea. I don't want to be here. And Dr. Rayner seems to think it'll be good for you. It's just, uh... It's just going to remind me of, of her. Tell me you're not ready for this. Something like that. Be fine. Okay, Otis is a fucking dick. And you kind of understand this as the film goes on. But this is kind of the beginning of things. I mean, I guess if the doctor that is Preston's doctor is like, Hey... Why don't you just, uh, you know, you need to go back and spend some time there. And honestly, maybe that's good. Maybe after a long time has passed, you need to go back to the scene of whatever traumatic happened to you, right? But you'll find out later, maybe this wasn't the best time to go do this. Uh, not just because of big feet uh, or big foots. Well, what do you call a plural fucking Bigfoot? I mean, you know, yetis, or yetis, right? It's You have a yeti and yetis. Uh, you have abominable snowman and the abominable snowmen. Uh, and then you have Bigfoot. Is it like moose? Is it just Bigfoot? So, or is it Big Feet? I don't know. I've never really thought about this. Um, so, a- anyway, I'm, I'm getting off track again uh, on this whole Bigfoot, Big Feet thing. Bigfoot? Big Feet? Bigfoots? I don't, I really don't give a crap. Uh, so they drive off and they end up coming upon a store where Otis is getting some more stuff. And we get to meet uh, random weirdo guy number one. See, this is definitely in the mountains. It makes me wonder if it was filmed in Canada because, man, it's fucking beautiful. Like the landscapes and wherever they decide to film. I mean, first I kind of thought it might have been Tahoe in some areas, or maybe like the parts leading up, maybe Redding, um, 
you know, as you go more further up Northern California, where you get a lot of nice trees and you get a lot of the, you know, backwards kind of redneck people. Uh, why did my accent change all of a sudden? Uh, anyway, so <laughs> you got them going up up there and they arrive at the gas station and they meet this guy that is redneck stereotype number two. Uh, except for he's got, uh, you know, a, a breathing device that's plugged into his face. And uh, he basically kind of starts a weird conversation with Otis with lots of, like, random pausing. Good afternoon. Hey. Is that it? Yep, for the weekend. That's right. We didn't get many tourists up here this time of year. Of course, you're not a tourist, are you? No, sir. I'm up here with Preston Rogers. I'm bringing him home. Preston Rogers? No shit. No. Got him in the car outside. How's he doing? Yeah, he has his good days. Why, that was an ugly mess. Real ugly. His wife was nice. Real nice. Okay, so now we know at this point in the film from one of the local townspeople that Preston had a wife, but we don't know what really happened to her, and it's safe to assume at this point in the film that she's probably dead. I mean, if he's being dragged around by a random nurse, then there must be some type of accident that happened. But the film kind of plays with you a little bit in this point because it makes it a little ominous. Like, ooh, something happened to her, you know, who knows what's going on. And uh, it doesn't take very long. In fact, just a couple of seconds to kind of get more of an idea exactly how she died. You know what they say? They say she died before she hit the ground. Heart attack. In midair. That's good. <laughs> he then takes Otis outside for a second and points up at a mountain range that he calls Suicide Rock. And it's all ominous and shit. So, of course, that must have something to do with the movie. It makes me wonder... Maybe Bigfoot is up there. See, I already know that this film, because of the title and because of the description, is it about, is about a Bigfoot or a abominable snowman or a Yeti or whatever the fuck you want to fucking call it. But you know it's about that type of monster, especially with seeing him on the cover itself. So you have to wonder, did Preston have a run-in with this monster up on Suicide Mountain? And, you know, maybe his wife fell and... She got or she got scared to death and died before she fell off the mountain. Who knows? Who really cares at this point? Because we don't know a whole lot about the characters uh, to really connect to them. All we know is that Preston doesn't want to be there because something obviously tragic happened with him. And now we learn that his wife is dead. So did he do something or was it something else? But we got to carry on. Hell, even before we have these two pieces of dialogue, we know about Bigfoot because of the newspaper that he was reading, which had the headline of, Local farmers terrified by mysterious beast, our very own Bigfoot? So, again, you know, you know that there's something mystical that may have happened to the wife, or is it that way? 
I just don't know. So we follow along Otis and Preston as they go up to a cabin. And when they get to the cabin, uh, basically Preston says, shit, I don't really want to be here. And he just kind of says, guess what? You're here. We're not going anywhere. Uh, You're going to do this whether you like it or not. Basically forcing the guy to relive or be within some type of traumatic experience, at least within the area. If it happened in the house, it happened in the house. But it probably also happened on Suicide Mountain or Suicide Wall or Suicide Who Gives a Fucking Shit. We're never going to go to that fucking place anyway, so all we need to know is that it's called Suicide Mountain or whatever the fuck it's called for uh, purposes of backstory. And then the the other dick move that he does, and and it changed a little later, but he like leaves him there in his wheelchair, as, and to look upon the stairs that are gonna take him up to the house. And I really thought he was just gonna leave him down there and be like, okay, you get to figure out your own way up here. And why would you want to go back to a place that you can't escape from if you're in a fucking wheelchair? Oh yeah, that's right. Preston's in a fucking wheelchair. That's what we get to find out from this scene. Because we've only seen him in the car so far, and he's been a passenger. So you don't know if it's just because of whatever sickness he might have, or maybe depression or whatever. He can't really drive, but nope, the guy's a fucking cripple. Okay, he can only move around in a wheelchair, but he doesn't say Timmy, Timmy, Timmy all the time. Okay, he actually is able to... He's actually the guy that plays Preston, to be honest with you, is a pretty good actor. Uh, And he has some really good scenes in the movie. And then he's got some other scenes. Uh, And the thing is here, with Preston being in the wheelchair, you know, why would you want to put him in a place where he can't fucking escape? The only way he can go is really just around the top floor. Or at least, I guess, that might be the base level. You can't really tell if there's multiple levels to it. Or they just built the house, like, three stories up for no fucking real reason, right? And here's this guy, and he's gonna be stuck in a fucking wheelchair the entire time. So, we go into the house, and he starts kind of situating himself around it. And Preston starts to put things away. Uh, He turns on his computer, which is, you know, uh, I don't know, 2006 Mac, uh... It's just weird because I honestly thought before he picked up the telephone, he was like kickstarting something. Like he was turning on like a power thing and they used the Apple sound. And then I realized that that actually was a MacBook or an Apple lab. I don't know what the fuck they were called back in the day. But it was an Apple based laptop that was sitting there and turns on, gives you the friendly little doom. So at this point. Preston starts to talk to somebody on the phone who's totally inconsequential. Only thing that you kind of get is that he is uh, not going to some convention or something like that. To which Curtis comes over and interrupts what he's talking about. I'm still struggling to swim. Preston. Charlie, hold on a second. Yeah. Can't make your shake. Unless you want regular milk. You didn't bring the soy milk? Regular milk's not going to kill you, Preston. Otis, I'm allergic. I'll go back into town and I'll buy you something. No, no, no. Hold. Uh, Charlie, I'm going to have to call you back. Wait, wait, wait. No, I'll, I'll, I'll call you back. Otis, I'm sorry. You don't have to go back into town. Don't worry about it. 30 minutes. No. Look, Otis, I just, you know, I'd kind of rather not be alone right now. 30 minutes, Mr. R. You'll be just fine. Okay, he's also the world's worst fucking nurse because... Why would you be like, oh, well, I can make it with regular milk, and he goes and tells you, oh, 
well, I'm allergic, so that'll probably kill me. And he's just like, Poof. okay, well, then in that case, I'll make sure to go in town and go get your goddamn soy milk, right? He's a little indignant about it. And then there comes the fact that he's just gonna fucking leave him alone when he's in a wheelchair and can't go any fucking place, right? You know, and back in his mind, it's like, you know, I know you're having a real traumatic experience being here. And, you know, I really shouldn't leave you, but you know what? Fuck it. Bye. I'll be back in a half an hour and you're just gonna have to deal with it. Because I can walk and you can't. Na-na-na-na-boo-boo. I can do this better than you can. I mean, it's seriously what it is. It, like, it blows my mind that the character was kind of written in this way. Like, why does he have to be that much of a dick to put him in a rearview window type of situation? Oh, wait, I'm already spoiling it. Uh, because the next thing we're going to see is a bunch of girls randomly show up to the house, and they're having some type of, like, bachelorette party. And we get introduced to a couple of girls where I totally misheard the name of one of the characters. Hey, Burger. I hey. just want to see if he called. the phone again. You guys do it. Hey, Burger, get off the phone now! Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I know, and I've heard this back multiple times, and I'm pretty sure you guys could hear it back better right now than when I heard it for the first time. Uh, but I honestly thought her name was Turd Burger. Like, really, Turd Burger. I thought it maybe it was like a playful joke or something like that. Like, oh, Turd Burger. Or it could have been Turd Burglar. Uh, it could have been anything, but it's still Herd Burger. Who? What? And even they kind of make fun of it later in the movie, the fact, uh, and you'll hear part of that clip too, uh, where people don't really believe that that's a real last name for anybody. It's just really odd, and the way they do it, it's just... uh, And and honestly, we're about uh, 18 minutes into the movie at this point, and it's just really slow. This is like where I really started to worry about the film, And the fact that Prescott is upstairs, like, spying in on them with his binoculars and shit like that is kind of creepy. But again, there's the fucking Alfred Hitchcock vibe. Like, honestly, if you take pieces of this and you compare it to Rear Window, it kind of matches up. And it's weird. Like, they had this idea of taking, like, parts of that. Like, I was expecting him to do his best Jimmy Stewart impression. Oh, they're, they're gonna kill the girls over there. They're gonna kill them. Jimmy Stewart? Where did you come from? Oh, ah, terrible terror. Ah, movie house, everybody. Movie house. I gotta go. Gotta go. Okay. That was weird. Uh, anyway, so, I mean, he basically is sitting up there uh, on the house... Uh, spying on the girls, and there's one blonde one that's there, uh, and the only name besides Turdburger, I mean Herdburger, I could remember, which was Amanda. Uh, see, there's the Asian one, and the white one, and the white one, and the blonde one, and the blonde one, that's Amanda. Uh, so Herdburger's one of the blonde ones, and then you got the other two, and then you got the Asian one, and then you got Amanda, who's another blonde one, right? Uh, and she's... Like, she drops her generic Rice Krispies because the bag breaks uh, with all the food that they've got. And she's the only one that has kind of a positive reaction to him. She does see him uh, looking down upon them, even though he was a little upset 
that his peace and quiet was going to be interrupted. So we cut back and we see him like they have this weird like dosage shot like it just seems to take a little bit too long like he's pouring the pills into his hand and it's just weird uh and i'm not sure why he necessarily needed to do that and then it cuts back over to the girls and of course they're being a bunch of fucking catty bitches is this wedding gonna be like really frou-frou like white everywhere and you're gonna wear white Wait, 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 wait. Did she say elementary school? Like, she's calling her a whore from way back in the day. Like, are you gonna wear white? Because, you know, if you were a whore or you had sex before, then you can't wear white. And, oh my, of course I'm gonna wear white, girl. I can't believe it. I know, the actresses are here too, okay? I can't believe you're gonna be wearing uh white oh my god of course i can wear it i'm okay i'm a good no you were fucking guys back in elementary school i remember oh, 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 oh don't talk about that oh oh you oh, remember junior high for you yeah but that's not as bad as fucking elementary school like what the hell is this like this is really weird random things i know you're trying to be funny and silly and being like Oh, these girls, and that's supposed to be comedic, but it's it's just really strange. Why would I want to think about any of these girls fucking somebody in elementary... Oh, God, I don't even want to finish that sentence. So, of course, we start fading into the night, and all of a sudden, the power lines or something in the distance gets knocked down. Now, it could be phone lines, but it looks like power lines, but yet... He still has all of his power. And, like, it's just weird. And then he starts looking over at their house. And he sees the Asian girls smoking pot. And, of course, the only minority of the whole fucking group is smoking pot. Ha ha. Ha ha. And Churdburger happens to be the only one. I mean, Herdburger. She happens to be the only one that actually has an active uh, cell phone. But, of course, she's only interested in contacting her boyfriend. So she goes outside, and she goes down the road a little bit, and she starts talking to her man. And she's doing this weird, like, twirly thing while she's trying to grab a signal. See, she can't get one inside the house, so she goes outside of the house. And then when she goes outside the house, she's just dancing everywhere. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? And she's doing, like, pirouettes and fucking jumping over the place and just giving the best fucking ballet performance of her fucking life. Not really, but that's the best way to describe it. She's just doing a bunch of twists and turns, and I don't know why they decided to say do that. Like, it would be better for her just to be, like, on the phone and all, like, lovey-dovey and doing that. That makes sense. But trying to find a signal, just fucking walk in a straight line. Maybe it's not as fun, but it's more practical, right? So, she finally does, and she finally starts talking to whomever is on the other line. Her boyfriend, her fuck toy, her fuck boy, or her girlfriend. And, uh, out of the woods, 
comes Bigfoot and grabs her and takes her away. Uh, first, you know, Preston doesn't believe what he's kind of seeing. And then he tries to get a hold uh, of the girls over there. And he's able to yell out and get their attention. But of course, hilarity ensues. Hello? Can you hear me? What are you looking at, you perv? No! No, 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 wait! No, hello? So, yeah, okay. So they think that he's just a pervert spying on them, which it kind of looks like, right? But he wants to help them. See, again... This is the fucking rear window. Like, this part is that, right? And if you've never seen that film, do yourself a favor and see it. Because it, it's... It, he's just taking plot points from that. Here's the disabled guy in the house watching as there's possibly a killer next door. But he's watching people get killed, this time by Bigfoot instead of somebody... Or a human, I guess I should say. Uh, and nobody yet believes him. Uh, he goes and he doesn't have phone access but he has internet which it gets explained later in the film and you know to ruin it for you right now it's because he has satellite right okay i i can buy that that uh he's got that and then it was a phone line that went down not necessarily a power line but phone lines don't spark like that okay that looks more like a power line so he decides that he's going to go, you know, he needs to contact them in some way or he needs to contact the cops. But he also needs to prove to himself that, hey, he's not crazy. There is something out there. You're not crazy, Preston. You're not crazy. Well, shit, you are talking to yourself. See, there are these weird moments like that that are actually pretty entertaining uh, and there's moments of dialogue that are actually relatively funny. Uh, the whole thing in the beginning, or that whole creep thing, is kind of not my cup of tea. I mean, it's it's predictable, and you don't really get a laugh out of it. But things like that, where he's like, I'm not crazy, I'm not crazy, but I'm talking to myself. They're actually quite enjoyable, and I think it's quite smart writing. I wish that more of the film was written like that, but alas, it's not really. He goes over to the window again to see if he can see what's going on. And there's a decent jump scare when you see Bigfoot for the first time. You don't get a good enough glimpse of him. It's very dark, but it's enough to scare you because you weren't necessarily expecting at that point. Preston flies back and he kind of gets knocked down. He wakes just a little while later and he begins typing an email to the police, uh, which I guess can be contacted that way. See, I don't remember if at least this point, which would be, I guess, 2006, if you could actually email the police and tell them that, hey, there's an emergency going on. But maybe in this area you could? I don't know. Just roll with the fucking punches. So he emails them, and then he gets startled by Otis, who's finally, after being gone for way more than a fucking half hour, you know, but at least he's back with the soy milk. What are you doing sitting here in the dark anyways? Are you nuts? Listen, Otis. There's something out there. What? Outside, I saw it. Saw what? Otis, I saw these eyes. I mean, these huge red eyes. Preston, I was just out there. There's nothing out there. 
probably saw an owl or something. No, 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 no. It wasn't an owl. It was... Where you been? Oh, uh... I had trouble finding the soy milk. Oh, my God. So, he goes to make him dinner or whatever, prepare his drink, which... I thought he said he was doing like a smoothie or something earlier, but he just pours him a glass of soy milk. Like he specifically went out, maybe not necessarily get the soy milk. He went out to go get the vodka that he's also pouring into his glass of soy milk. Uh, He's not paying attention to Preston, but he hands it over so that he can drink his stuff. And Preston just tries to press Otis, one, to go talk to the girls and convince him exactly what he saw. Otis, haven't you been listening to me? One of those girls is missing. I think she was abducted. Okay. What did you see? Well, did you actually see anyone, Preston? I saw the trees move. You saw the trees move. Look, Otis, I see how this is starting to sound, but I am just telling you, you have got to believe me. Well, did you hear her scream or cry out? No, not exactly. So you didn't see anyone and you didn't hear... Otis, you're not listening to me. Preston... Did you take your meds? You know, forget the damn meds. I'm just asking you to go over there and tell them what I saw. Okay. You're upset. That's right. I'm upset. I'm upset, but I'm not crazy. I know what I saw, goddammit. So he makes strikes a deal with Otis, basically, that if something else happens and she doesn't come back soon, like they don't hear her come back, that he'll go over and he'll tell them exactly what uh, Prescott found and, you know, to placate basically Prescott, right? He really does think that he's crazy and he's maybe going out of his mind because he's in this area and yada, yada, yada. And and so he just wants to be like, yeah, sure, fine, I'll do it. Don't worry about it. But he's not really going to do shit. So as dusk turns into night, we then cut over to the farmer from the beginning of the film along with his, uh, well, the guy from the gas station and his buddy who happens to be Lance Henriksen so still when we got that thing out there killing our livestock and why'd you bring buddy boy here with you look we've been going in circles for hours can you lead us to this bullshit monster or not hey i have the map now, a local indian legend tells of a wild man living in these woods my grandpa saw it once he says it only comes out after dark you know my question to y'all is you sure you want to find it of course they want to find it they've got guns out there it's killed the one guy's fucking horses and supposedly that was six months prior to this which again we're going to talk about that time frame in a little while uh so they've been hunting this thing for a while and lance doesn't really believe in the whole bigfoot thing Uh, Which kind of startles the guy with the oxygen mask. And we actually get one of the more funny stories of the film where Lance Henriksen's character explains what the Darwin Awards are to the dude with the breather because he's smoking like crazy while he's got the oxygen around him. (laughs) I guess you never heard of the Darwin Awards. The what? The Darwin Awards, they give them out to people who died doing the stupidest shit. Like what? One of my favorites is this guy. This guy goes to a petting zoo with some of his friends, and he decides to demonstrate the effectiveness of crazy glue. Crazy glue? Yeah, you know that shit. He squirts it in both his hands, and he leans over this fence, and he slaps both hands onto the rear end of a rhinoceros. You are No, no, I'm not kidding you. No shit, this thing takes off. 
yanking this guy right off his feet, and all he can smell is ass. <laughs> and unbeknownst to him, this rhinoceros has been constipated for a couple of weeks, right? So they give him a massive dose of this laxative. A zookeeper. Yeah. So this thing is charging around trying to free himself of this guy. And he's stomping, he's stomping on pygmy goats and ducks and all this stuff, and he starts shitting uncontrollably right in this guy's face. <laughs> Paramedics come to try to clear an air passage, and this guy's buried under 30 gallons of diarrhea, man. What a dumbass. <laughs> come on. May God strike him dead if I'm lying. You don't believe me, Mr. Skeptic? Take a good look in the mirror. He's sitting out here roasting marshmallows looking for Sasquatch. Oh, you don't believe in Squatch? Hell no. Well, then what the hell are you doing here? I like to kill shit. <laughs> During this scene, we get, well, what I can only describe as Sasquatch vision. That's right. We go into the eyes of Bigfoot, and it looks like he's got one of those predator filters. You know, the one where, like, he can see humans. Uh, or maybe the one that he can see aliens. I don't know what one it is. It's just fucking Bigfoot vision, okay? Lance gets tired of waiting around, and I would too. I mean, you're probably the best actor in this entire movie, and the sooner that you can Steven Seagal yourself the way out of this one, you know, the better, because you get killed, and then you don't have to do anything, and you collect a pretty good paycheck. But he does look like he's having a fun time, at least with that Darwin story. Supposedly, uh, he won an award for this film. Uh, it's some type of like Australian like fanatic thing. I guess they put it at some festival there. And the film won like best score and he won best supporting actor. But I wouldn't call him best supporting actor because he's not in it a whole lot. And he doesn't really do anything else. He's in it less time than Otis is, and Otis should be the best supporting actor, because actually for that guy's first film, because it said introducing where the fuck his name is as Otis, uh, he wasn't terrible, and he played the role relatively well. So, Lance goes out and he goes searching for Bigfoot, or at least whatever this thing is supposed to be, and he ends up at a cave. While in the cave, kind of stumbling around, there's another decent jump scare to where we see Turdber—I mean Herdberger—there uh, with her stomach all fucking hanging out and scaring the crap out of Lance Henriksen, asking him for help. No, you won't, because he pulls the girl into the darkness, and then Lance fucking books it. And I like, again, there are some things in this film, the way they do it, they keep it very tongue-in-cheek. Like the fact that he runs upon her, and then he's like, when he sees her with her stomach kind of hanging out, and really the, the detail on the makeup there is not very good, but 
he basically like, oh shit, that's nasty. And it's funny because a lot of that shit is very tongue in cheek. And then when she gets taken away, he just fucking bolts. He gets back to the camp and he tells them to be on their guard and they're like what he's like you saw it he's like yeah fuck yeah i saw it and now help me and then he starts just fucking shooting into the darkness and when he does that uh the guy from the beginning of the film uh that had the dog sparky who was with him he gets dragged out by a sasquatch and he gets killed and then lance is trying to run away and yes he does steven seagal himself out of this movie uh, and if you don't know that term, uh, you have never seen Executive Decision, uh, where Steven Seagal was a big name on the poster and died about, I don't know, 15 minutes into the movie, uh, to leave you with fucking, well, Kurt Russell I'm okay with, but John fucking Leguizamo for most of the, the rest of that movie. Uh, anyway, so, uh, the, the funny part happens when he dies because he gets grabbed by the monster. Now, I'm okay with the monster sounds. I'm, you know, fine with that and the way they, you know, you know, monster sounds, right? Sasquatch. He's going to be fucking burly sounding and intimidating. Uh, but instead of using Lance to scream, uh, they do this. This is a really short clip, so uh, get ready. <laughs> You hear that? We'll do this one more time. That's Lance Henriksen fucking dying. He gets like a Wilhelm scream. You know what the Wilhelm scream is. Uh, it's been used in things like Starcraft and tons of fucking movies. Oh, you know, I can't do it well. But that scream too has been used in almost everything. So you get stock footage death scream. I mean, come on. Really? You could have asked him to do something. Oh, you know, I'm I have a bad impression of him too. Uh, but uh, it could have been anything. You could have gotten an old guy to do it, and instead of you get this, ah, like really, that's the scream that you're gonna get him to die on. Uh, so he gets killed. Uh, you know, almost after being in the film for like 15 minutes, maybe 10. Um, and all that's left is oxygen tank guy from the gas station. And of course, he decides he needs to try to reason with Bigfoot. Okay. You smelly son of a bitch. You in? Look, I'm going to leave now. We'll pretend this never happened, all right? And it's at that point that he turns around the Bigfoot and you see him kind of up close for the first time and he opens his jaws really, really wide and then it fades to black and we're back over with Prescott and the rest of the gang. Otis is passed the fuck out on the couch and he's just trying to think. Prescott is thinking of ways that he can contact the girls to let them know what happened to their dear friend Herdberger. Jesus Christ. I almost feel like I need to do it like Steve Martin. Wow, two Steve Martin references in one thing. In, in the fucking Pink Panther, we're going, You know, uh, I just need to get Turd Burger out of my mind. I mean, now I'm thinking about Turd Ferguson and fucking Norm MacDonald. Oh, my God. 
<sighs> okay, well, nonetheless, he decides that there's a random website out there in 2006. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily exists. I don't remember that ever happening. Maybe I was late to the party for text messaging. But I don't remember websites that would allow you to just to randomly text message a number. Because he's fucking MacGyver with this shit, right? He figures out, he remembers what her name is. He remembers what her last name is. He's not like me. It's not Turdburger. He remembers that it's Herdburger. Uh, and he, like finds a website yellow pages and through no sorry it's not the yellow pages it's the white pages and through the white pages he's able to text her oh and of course he has to read it out loud and then you know we get his response your friend was taken into the forest Yeah, because it is pretty fucking stupid. Her phone is outside. Who the hell is going to hear a text message tone from inside the... Oh, sh- they fucking heard... Fucking Amanda heard it. She re- So they go outside and they find the phone. And they see the message and they decide to start looking around screaming for her. And then one of the girls, I don't know... I think of the one that's getting married. It's not Amanda. See, for the longest time, as I was watching the film, I was assuming she was the one that was going to get married. But nope, it's another one of the other bitches that's going to get married, and one that I can't remember the name of, so you know what's probably going to happen to her. So anyway, so they use her phone to call the cops and to, you know, claim a missing person. And of course, it kind of ends weird. Well, it doesn't end weird. Here, listen to the clip, and there's something that she says at the end of it that I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah, hello? Hi. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to report a missing person. Hello? Yeah, a friend of ours, Karen Herdberger. Yeah, Herdberger. Uh, I don't know, what time? Like, 20 minutes ago? Right, but no. Yeah, you don't... Right. Yeah, thanks. What'd they say? You can't report a missing person until 48 hours. Yeah, we should have known that. (sighs) Who the hell knows that? I don't fucking know that. I didn't know you have to wait 48 hours to be like, hey, somebody's missing before they'll fucking do anything. I thought that was like less time. I thought it was like maybe 24 hours or something like that. I know there might be some sort of waiting period, but you're in the middle of nowhere and be like, hey, none of our phones, we found her phone randomly dropped on the ground, which was a Nokia, by the way, and those things are fucking indestructible, so that's why it's still fucking working, okay? And, you know, we, there's a weird message on her phone that says she's been taken, and the cops don't give a shit? Like, there's a missing person's? We don't really fucking care. Uh, what? Like, it doesn't make any sense. And of course they know. Oh, we, we should have known. We can't try to get the cops to help us unless we wait 48 hours. I don't get it. If that's something that's standard, fuck, I don't know. And I'm, you know, not going to pretend that I do. So, of course, they go back inside the house because they decide, okay, well, maybe that's the best place to go. and We can wait it out a little bit. And we cut back over to Prescott, who is now uh, gone over to his computer because he's still got internet access at least, and starts watching videos on abominable snowmen and yetis. The animal that he's been disgusted 
today has been cited 16 times over the last year in Flatland facilities. It's entirely possible for a bear to have wandered down close to civilization looking for food. No, I don't believe this is a bear. Bears don't normally grow to over 12 feet. But whatever it is, if it's come once for food in the populated areas, it will come again. So you really think this is some kind of Bigfoot we've got rolling in these woods? Bigfoot? No, this is not Bigfoot. This is bigger than Bigfoot. And meaner. This is more like the abominable snowman of the Himalayas. Vicious. Dangerous. Deadly. Which they didn't say at the end of it, which I thought that would have been something to actually say, right? And it's weird to see them on those old, like, quick time video screens. Like, just remembering back in the day when you downloaded videos and the better quality was actually usually the quick time one. Uh, and uh, it's just funny to see it again after so long. And he's watching those videos and, you know, you've got stereotypical, like, professor guy sitting there uh, across from uh, black dissenting guy. So, from there, we go back to the girls and they're trying to decide whether or not they need to go out and look for Herdburger. Why not? We go out into the woods. If she's not there, we come back home. There's no way. No way in hell I'm going into those woods alone. Whatever. So, please, guys, seriously. I know, but what if, what if we leave and then she comes back while we're gone? Yeah. What? Just shut up. You are just scared. Jesus Christ, you, I don't even know why you came up here. All you care about is yourself this entire fucking time. You've been useless. Bitch. When did this become Love and Hip Hop or one of those fucking stupid VH1 shows? I mean, they went from being, like, regular people to basic fucking bitches, man. You don't throw a drink in a girl's face. And why is she sitting out there with a fucking, like, martini? It's specifically there just to be thrown in the other girl's face, right? I mean, there's no other reason why she would even... Because even when they go inside the house and she goes to, like... Like, you see her again, and, and she just goes to put it down. She doesn't refill her drink, doesn't... With, I was half expecting her to refill it, look at her, and fucking throw it again, because she's a pretty fucking basic bitch, man. Uh, and then also during that, when you hear the heavy breathing of Bigfoot, that's when you get Bigfoot vision again. And he's just... He's more of a creeper than Prescott on the other side, with his binoculars and his fucking flashlight, like, looking in on everything. So every all the girls go back inside the house, and the one girl that got the shit thrown on her, she decides, I gotta go and I gotta take a shower right here, right now. Like, I gotta take a shower. I mean, we get to watch her take a shower. And it's okay. It's not necessarily my favorite pair of horror boobs. Uh, she's got a decent butt, I can tell you that. Uh, but it's just kind of weird because you feel kind of creepy because he's looking through binoculars when you see things and you kind of are the peeping Tom at the same time that fucking, you know, Bigfoot is going to start attacking her. So he's, you know, Prescott's looking over there and he wants, uh, he gets Otis up and he wants Otis to look over there into the window and see the Bigfoot. But of course, it's not there. Otis, Otis, wake up. Wake up, Otis. Come on. Preston? What? Over here. Over here by the window. 
Right there in those trees. Oh, my God. You see it? Yes. It's... It's a giant piece of bread with legs on it. <laughs> it was right there in those trees, I swear it. Oh, to shoes these. this watching girls in the shower are we preston what uh, no don't be embarrassed is this what you wanted me to see no that <laughs> what you gotta believe me well dr rainer here's something like this <laughs> you keep enjoying yourself so the weirdest thing that kind of happens in this scene is that when Otis takes over on the binoculars and sees that whatever the hell this girl's name is is getting naked, it zooms in hella fast onto her ass. Like, it's like insta-zoom and bow, there's her fucking ass right there. And before then, even when you see it, when, he, when Preston's kind of watching the girl in the window and just, and he truly is watching her to make sure that she's safe and there's nothing coming after because he's seen the Bigfoot, right? Uh, it cuts away before she gets fully naked. Like she gets down to like her underwear and that's about it. And all of a sudden it cuts away and I was like, uh, well, they went that far and they're not going to show anything. And then, of course, when they come back, bam, there you go. Whole naked lady. And she's the only one that gets naked in the whole movie. Spoiler alert. Uh, so she's there. She finishes watching herself. Then all of a sudden, Bigfoot goes and grabs her and pulls her through the window, kind of bending her in half. Like you see the beginning of it happening and then it's you're left to assume that that's how she got pulled through the window. Uh, it would be really cool to like see it, but I feel with the budget that this movie has, it would be like the end of A Nightmare on Elm Street where uh, her mom gets pulled in through the window and it looks really fucking fake because at that time, that was just you know what they had versus here, you probably had pretty good effects, but your budget's so shitty that you're going to have to use the raggiest of rag dolls to pull this off. So he, of course, calls... Uh, to Otis to basically go over there and warn the girls, but Otis, he ain't having that shit. Expect her to stay in the shower all night, Preston. No, Otis, no! It reached in the window and it just grabbed her! Look, I mean, there's glass on the floor! All right, Chief, just relax. Otis, we gotta get out of here. You're losing it, man. Otis, please, please, you gotta get us out of here! Ah, I get it. You'll do anything to go back home. No! Yeah, you never wanted to come up here in the first place. Now you're making shit up, so I'll take you back. Otis, please, get off of me! Sure, beat up the guy in the wheelchair. Be that nurse that you were hired to be. Like, you can't just listen to him. Like, he actually is giving, like, proof that something has happened. Look, the window's fucking broken, and she is gone. And she's not anywhere else in the house, because we can magically see all the areas of the house at one time through these binoculars. Like... You would think that maybe he'd listen to him just a little bit. And then he goes and fucking just backhands him and knocks him on the fucking ground and goes to get the medicine because he's going to try to sedate him so that he doesn't do anything anymore. And of course he didn't want to be there. He said in the beginning, maybe this is a bad idea. And you and whomever his fucking doctor is kept pressuring him to fucking do it. So why do you expect him to want to be there? But he really isn't making shit up. So, there's a little bit of a struggle once Otis comes out with the drugs and Preston's actually able to grab the needle and stab Otis in the neck, thus knocking him out. 
there's a weird little section that happens in the middle of this that it's... I don't know if it's necessarily required to have these scenes in the movie. Basically, go to the local uh, constable, right? You go to the, the police station where one of the cops who happens to be the African-American cop that you think is probably going to die because when you have a black cop in the movie, he's always one of the first fucking cops to fucking die, right? You look at the character of Andy from Sleepwalkers. He was the first fucking cop to die. I know there's always that stupid fucking trope where, at least through the 80s and some of the 90s, where the black guy is always the first one to die. But really, when you have a horror movie and you have a black cop, that's the difference nowadays, is that once, like, you know, the thousands hit, instead of having the black man be the first person to die as a joke, the black cop is always the first person to fucking die. So he gets the email from... Uh, you know, Preston prints down. He talks to his thing. They make a Mister Rogers joke. Finally, the joke that I've been waiting for the entire time, because his name is Prescott Rogers, and nobody has yet to call him Mister Rogers. And it happens fifty-six minutes into the movie. I'm not gonna play it because it's not worth the time. Actually, the whole th- sequence with the fucking cops really isn't worth your time at all. It's just fucking filler. So we go from these cops who don't want to fucking help anybody and don't want to go out there. They want to wait for the fucking phones to come on before they go and check out, hey, maybe this guy is actually in trouble and we should go help him. So instead, he can just fucking die and wallow in his own fucking filth. uh, And we're just going to sit here and wait until everything gets back. So meanwhile, back over with uh, Preston here... Uh, he is trying to get their attention and we go into more Bigfoot like vision shots. And it's funny whenever the girl, cause Bigfoot is basically just really, really wanting that pussy. He wants to make sure that whomever is getting married, that she truly does not have a white wedding because he wants a piece of that ass. And then he wants to eat a piece of that leg. Then he's going to eat a piece of that stomach and then he's going to eat, you know, the head and everything else. You know, he wants to eat that body not necessarily do anything else to it i don't know where your mind was going just because i said pussy Ah, fucking sickos so the girls go into the bathroom because they're worried about their friend that's been in the shower forever they're actually able to finally get in because she had locked the door originally and then they scream and shout and uh you know get disturbed and run upstairs uh at that point he notices that the bigfoot is coming for them And he tries to get their attention to let them know that, hey, it's in the house. There is some kind of creature outside your house. What? Tell your friends to stay away from the window. Something happened to our friends. I know. I saw it. Where is she? Listen to me. Can you call the police? Our phone line is dead. What about your cell phone? Get out of there! It's in the house! So he's ripped through the front door and he's going after everybody and everybody's trying to hide. Asian lady goes into one of the closets, blonde lady runs, runs another way, and then the other lady, I think that's the bride, 
uh, she disappears into another room. She actually gets dragged through the floor in a kind of cool scene, the way that they do the sequence. This is actually one of the really fun parts of the film. And this is where the film really shines. It shines in two areas, being aware of itself towards the, the middle act. And then here, when we're getting towards the final act, the action that happens is relatively good. And it's very entertaining. Uh, especially go the, the only thing I should say, especially when it goes after the girls, but the only thing I don't really like so much is the fact that there isn't the gore. Like, I really want to say, like, this girl, she gets grabbed through the middle, and then he is basically ripping her apart, and he's about to, like, tear her in half, and it cuts away. It would have been really neat to see the fucking thing just go on a murderous fucking carnage filled rampage he's going after these girls he should just be slaughtering them left and right and we should see every fucking gory detail i understand maybe you don't have the budget to do it but maybe you focus on this instead of other things like filming on location out in a very beautiful and wondrous forest uh in the middle of wherever the fuck it is like i said i think it's canada so of course the one girl gets it, they run away, and he, then he tells her, tells the blonde one that you need to hide and be quiet. And she is able to elude the Bigfoot, and she's slowly getting out of the room, and she's crawling on her hands and knees. And then the Asian girl fucking pops up and screams, and of course alerting Bigfoot and chasing them around. Uh, he knocks into uh, Amanda, and then the Asian girl runs out further. Uh, he goes... You know, at one point, the Bigfoot goes all Rick James on her and says, what did the five fingers say to the face? And then he just fucking slaps her and knocks her to the ground. Uh, And uh, it's at that point that she gets back up, tries to fight back, but he ends up stabbing her through the stomach with something I I couldn't quite make. I think it was his fists. uh, And that gives Amanda the chance to run away. So everybody in the bachelorette party has died, except for Amanda, who is not the wife. I guess she's going to have to really explain that when she gets back. She runs over to the house and manages to get inside with Prescott to hide away from the Sasquatch. They have a little bit of a heartfelt moment where he's like, I'm going to protect you. It's going to be okay. And then he explains to her what happened to his wife and how his view on everything has changed. Look, I need to tell you something. I wasn't always in this wheelchair. About six months ago, my wife and I went climbing on Suicide Rock. It was a routine climb. We'd done it a dozen times. Only this time was different. This time the cable that was supporting us snapped. And my wife fell about a thousand feet to her death. I hit the face of the rock and I got a lucky bounce. And I landed on a narrow precipice. Took him about four hours to lift me out of there. I didn't want to be alive anymore. I couldn't understand why I had lived and she had died. And other than that time, that moment, when that cable snapped and I was falling through all of that empty space, tonight is the scariest night of my life. I'm scared to death right now. (laughs) 
I was given a gift that day. And I don't know why. I mean, it was a miracle that I lived. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that I don't waste that gift. So now we know that the full story of the wife, all the speculation go away. They had a, you know, a rock climbing incident where everything went down. So it had nothing to do with fucking Bigfoot. And it only happened six months ago. Six. Six months. From the time that he's here now to when his wife died. No wonder the guy doesn't want to be back in this area where a place where his wife died on something called Suicide Rock. Really? You're going to force him as a doctor to go back to the place where his wife died only six months ago because it's going to help him heal? Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. And the fact that you're not going to tie anything back to the yetis that are here because the yetis or big feet or bigfoot or sasquatch or sasquatch, whatever the fuck they are, they were killing livestock back six months ago with those people over there so did he have something to do with it that part's never fucking explained but fuck it i don't think that's true anyway i don't think anybody has to worry about that section of it i think they just had a bad accident and all of a sudden he's back here fighting for his life once again so it's at this point in the film that i'm starting to get i know i've only got a little bit left see we're at about an hour eight minutes and the movie's only about an hour and a half long so i want to get from less talk to more bigfoot so uh they start setting up bigfoot traps inside the house and one of the things that he says too that i didn't get down in audio form that makes sense towards the end of the movie he says that there's really only two reasons why an animal would attack people uh if uh you know they were either uh it was either hungry and it wanted food so it's killing them and their friends possibly for food is probably the more uh accurate answer or the fact that its children are really near and it's protecting its children from whatever dangers that might be out there which can include humans uh so it's uh it, but it proves that it's actually smarter than they think it is because they're trying to direct it to go in the area uh, of the front door so that it'll go through there and it'll spring a trap well it actually manages to cut the power to the whole place whether it kills a generator or it just severs a power line we never really know because never really figured out how exactly he got power in his location because she said to send well he told amanda here to send an email back to the cops to let them know what's kind of going on uh and what's funny at the same time that it's dumb is that they were setting up a you know the the whole trap in that foyer area area and that's actually the way the bigfoot comes in so if they had finished the fucking trap maybe they wouldn't have all just gotten like everybody else killed that you know dies in the movie or they wouldn't have to deal with the fact that they need to run away uh you know in such a dramatic fashion so the bigfoot does start crashing into the house and they decide the best way that they gotta go is to jump over the railing and use the freaking uh rock climbing gear oh so that's how we're gonna put rock climbing in this movie uh to lower themselves down now 
he gets out of the wheelchair and he says, no, just leave it. Just throw me over the edge and then I'll get myself down. Why wouldn't you want to just throw the wheelchair over the edge? Even if it somehow gets damaged, like fold it up and let it fall on its side. It might not be that bad. And honestly, you probably could go down faster than you were actually going because Lieutenant Dan, you ain't got no legs. Okay, your legs are bum. They don't do shit. And you just fall down, hit with your legs. What is it going to do? You're going to break your ankle and you're going to worry about that? Okay, maybe you might bleed, but you could probably just go down faster than you normally would. So that way you can hold the rope so that she can go down there, right? And then why are you going first? Well, okay, you're crippled. Uh, But you could kind of have her say, hey... Put my ass up on the edge of this thing right here, and then I'll hold on as long as I can. So, of course, he hits the bottom. She starts to go over, and she starts to go down, and Bigfoot grabs her. And again, we get another shot of the whole costume, and the costume's not terrible, okay? There's a scene where it's terrible. And if you've been on the Instagram, I put a picture of that scene up there, which we'll talk about in just a second. But in general, the costume is half cheap half not cheap i i mean it's not so like cry wilderness type of like bigfoot like cheap costume but it's still not good right there's moments when it is and the moments when it is is more like when it's an animatronic when it's opening up its mouth it doesn't look terrible it actually looks kind of terrifying so it starts bringing up amanda up the ropes because there's nothing that he can do And, of course, Otis comes and saves her at the last moment by throwing an axe or or swinging an axe into the back of the Bigfoot. This drops Anna, not all the way to the ground, but about where she was on the line. Uh, And, of course, we get one of the coolest scenes in the movie is when, the again, you see the Bigfoot's, like, mouth open and, uh, you know, go at it. When we saw it with the other guy, we didn't get to see anything. Here we actually get to see, at least from behind, Otis. You don't get to see it as much detail, but you get to see him chomp down on his face. Uh, And you don't see the damage, which again, that's kind of sad. I kind of wish that you had, but, you know, probably within the budget of the film, they only had enough to do the shitty Bigfoot costume or uh, the, you know, the mouth opening up as an animatronic. So, Amanda, instead of like trying to bust her ass go down faster she ends up dangling there and it starts to pull her back up to which prescott says hey you need to just cut the line or detach yourself and fall down to which she does and of course the moment that she falls down um she's got to pull his ass to safety So again, you should have just thrown the fucking wheelchair down off the side of the fucking deck there. Because at least, even if it was like, say the wheel got a little bent, right? When it fell. You could still push his ass. You don't have to fucking drag him when he's probably a lot heavier than you can fucking handle. And you can see it by the scene here. They do manage to get in the car. They manage to find the keys. And then when she tries to peel off, the Bigfoot is grabbing the end of the car. And 
she keeps pressing down harder and harder and harder on the gas and he looks back and he realizes what the Bigfoot's going to do is just release the fucking car. So he tells her, take your foot off the gas. And of course, she doesn't. She hits her foot on the gas, it drops it, and then she drives right into a tree and flies through the fucking windshield. And it's really comedic. And I think at this point, well, she's fucking dead. And here comes the Bigfoot. And the Bigfoot's not really going after Prescott. It's going after fucking Amanda. And so he could have just played dead and just fucking, you know, waited for him to leave and then figure out how to drive the car with just his hands uh, and his head barely above the steering wheel. But no, he decides that he's got to save the day. So he, like, backs up the damn car into the Bigfoot. And he... The axe that was in the back of him, too, of the Bigfoot, he crashes so hard into the tree that it goes right through his chest. And the axe is just sticking out there as the Bigfoot is twitching his head. And he looks like Charlie Murphy trying to do his Buck Nasty character from the Chappelle show. Just shaking the head, shaking the head, and slamming on the damn thing. Uh, Of course, he just keeps backing... And this is the weird thing. Like... He keeps backing up, and the the thing can't move. It's pinned against the car and the whatever. But I guess until the Bigfoot actually dies, he doesn't stop going in reverse. So even though the car can't go anywhere, the Bigfoot can't press it forward. Uh, Ultimately, Bigfoot dies. He crawls over to Amanda, and guess what? She's actually alive, and she wonders. Preston? Where is it? He's back there. Is it? Is it dead? Oh, God, I hope so. Let's not hang around and find out, though. What's really weird about this scene is the way that it was cut. Because it looks like in one shot she's looking directly up at him. And in the next shot she's kind of like on the ground but looking to her left. And it's just weird. So Amanda at this point is helping Prescott crawl through the rest of the forest. To where the cops finally fucking show up and approach the couple uh, as they're coming out of the woods. Preston Rogers? Yeah, Deputy McBride. I got your email. I finally figured I should come up here and check out what's going on. Oh, Deputy, you better bring in the cavalry. You got five dead people up there. Jesus. What the hell happened? You better go look for yourself. I forgot to mention this before, and honestly, it's a big, big, big fucking thing in my notes, but... Instead of crawling and dragging his cripple ass to wherever they're going to go, why don't they go back and get the fucking wheelchair? They killed the fucking Bigfoot, right? They can go to the house. Just wait here. I'm going to get your wheelchair so I don't have to drag your fucking limp ass everywhere. I mean, it's ridiculous. You don't really need to do this for this fucking guy, even though he did kind of save your life. So, they fade to a bunch of ambulances around there, and Prescott, he's in a gurney, and he gets rolled up right next to Amanda, and they have one last heartfelt talk. Well, fancy meeting you here. Preston? Yeah. 
for what it's worth. Thank you. For saving my life. Well, I just didn't want you thinking I was some sort of peeping Tom. Okay, so that's kind of funny. The way that they're going to end the film on that note. No, they're not ending the film? I thought they would take the camera, you know, lift it up into the air and like... That would be it. Everything's saved. Everything's hunky-dory. But no, the African-American cop from earlier, he is now walking through the forest. And I really hope that they don't end on the death of him. No, there's more of the cops. And there's the annoying cop uh, and the asshole boss cop. And what did they do? Well, they're all afraid of something that might be in the woods because they can't find any of the bodies, right? And of course... The sheriff or the, you know, our main boss cop, he is there and he calls everybody there candy asses. But of course, there's something else in the woods and it happens to be maybe a possible sequel. If it got enough money, the end theme plays and we end our movie. I thought you were a man. Jesus Christ. It's your imagination, Parker. There's nothing out here. Nothing but pine cones and frozen rattlesnakes. You guys are a bunch of candy asses, you know that? And that was, wow, that was really cut abruptly there at the end. But that was abominable. And honestly, it's not a terrible film. And it's weird that it ends with you seeing multiple Bigfoot, Sasquatches, where the fuck it was. Uh, You see multiple of them out there. So it may have been that they were just protecting their young. It wasn't necessarily about the food. But there's also, you know, they get hungry. They kill things. And uh, it's it's interesting. It's kind of neat to see the fact that you see all the eyes glow inside the forest and stuff like that. And even I had no shit. There's a lot more of them than just the one. And really, I wouldn't do that with a movie I don't give a shit about. Uh, it's not a terrible movie, to be honest with you. It's not the best. It has some really poor costumes. It has a very slow first act. And in the third act, there's just a point that it drags. 
But overall, it's an entertaining movie. I was very surprised. The middle act is great. The whole time when they introduce Lance Henriksen and he dies, and uh, it's a funny little kind of interlude, but there's still action that's kind of going on there. And then you have the Bigfoot attacking all the girls inside the house while they're doing the whole rear window thing with him just watching helpless from the other side from his little perch. You know, I, I just... When I saw that, it was just weird. Like to have that type of perspective, or to turn that in, that idea and do it as a monster movie on the other side, I thought was kind of neat. Uh, but there are just a couple times there it didn't quite work. The acting is not terrible. The girls, you know, it sucks when you get independent horror movies. A lot of times, I feel that they get actresses that are just throwaway. They look good. They can kind of act, but they don't necessarily need to act. They can be as horrible as possible, but they usually get some independent men that are somewhat decent. The guy that played Otis was great comic relief. I thought that guy did a fantastic job if this was his very first film. The guy that played Preston, at times it sounded like he went to the William Shatner School of Acting because there were so many goddamn pauses, but overall... The the timing he had on some of the comedic lines were pretty good. And even that scene where he's kind of making shit up on the fly, not necessarily uh, making it up, but the way that he says it, um, you know, he even tells her later, she's like, what about all these things? He's like, I was just trying to comfort you. Uh, it's well done. Like, I, I like it. It's kind of interesting, kind of neat, but there's just some things that fold back and and the one thing that i forgot to mention and i can't believe i forgot to mention it but when he's in the car and she's going the yeti is going for the girl he starts beeping the horn right and that distracts yeti so like car horns are yeti kryptonite or sasquatch or whatever the fuck you want to call him but that's the point where the costume looks so shitty because he's holding his hand uh against his ears and the Bigfoot is, and then his eyes are just bulging out of the fucking costume, and it looks so horrible and so fucking fake that I just, I don't know why they chose that. I really don't. I don't know what they were trying to portray at that moment. It's just weird and doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So overall, uh, I give the crap factor of this movie a 4 out of 5. It's a very poorly made movie there's a lot of really weird cuts in terms of the direction in terms of the editing some things could be better sometimes the sound and i understand that a lot of it comes from me watching it on youtube and it's probably filtered in a specific way so that it doesn't get caught by youtube's copyright blah 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 blah, blah. um but it's still you can tell when audio quality even if it's been messed with it drops and it gains right uh and it happens quite a bit in parts of the movie um and like i said the first part is really slow uh until you get to the bigfoot causing havoc um and or even some of the scenes kind of leading up to that the fun factor for the film is a uh three out of five like i said first act kind of boring but i liked the character of prescott and i liked the action that went on in the film and i really liked otis i think that he was and lance henriksen was fantastic uh and it wasn't like he just did it kind of for a paycheck it looked like he was actually fun having fun doing the role because he didn't have to be in the main star of the movie he just got to be in a portion of it uh it just sucks that he got steven seagal out of this movie lastly what i want to talk about and normally i talk about this first 
but it's the gore of the film. And the gore, originally, I was going to give it a 2 out of 5. And I'm giving it more of 1.5 out of 5. Uh, it's not quite a 1, because it's got a couple of things that look great, like when Otis gets his head bitten. But you don't get to see the aftermath or the full effect of what's going on. Now, if this was a, say, made-for-sci-fi movie, maybe I can kind of understand it. But you can get a lot of things done on TV nowadays. Maybe not necessarily back in 2006. But... At the same time, you kind of want to see more. Like, I want to see, even if it's maybe a little more of a ragdoll, of the girl getting pulled through the window by the Sasquatch, or the girl getting ripped apart by the Sasquatch. Anything. The only really gory thing that you kind of see is the stomach of a turd burger. And it doesn't, it just looks like red paint kind of on her stomach. So it's not very gory. Uh, where I feel that even though you don't have to have a lot of gore to make a horror film great, I do believe in some cases it would be cool to see it, especially with the monster, when you haven't seen a whole lot of Bigfoot-like horror movies necessarily out there. So overall, I give the film two and a half rear windows out of five. And I was going to do three, but it kind of dropped a little more when I thought about the gore factor of the film. And a couple other little things that bothered me in general. But I do recommend that you watch it. And you can skip most of the first half and just maybe even watch some of those scenes on YouTube. I know some people have broken it down. Uh, And you can watch the Otis scene on YouTube just fine. But you can also find this movie in its entirety on there, so why not just sit and watch it? I do recommend one watch of it. And like I said, you don't have to necessarily see the first half of it unless you want a story that really goes nowhere. Uh, But once the Yeti comes in, uh, it's fun. And and that's very enjoyable. And then the last half, it just drags at parts where, like I said, uh, less talky, more Sasquatchy, right? Uh, You get it in there. So. So now let's talk about what we're going to be doing for the next month. Now, I am not going to be doing a four-movie month for this, though I could, but we just did Stephen King month, and I don't know if I can put myself through that for season two uh, one more time, especially with things that have been changing around here. So, instead, what we're going to do is we're going to begin to focus on somebody, somebody that you know that is or was... A wrestling star and he became an action movie star and no I'm not talking about the fucking rock okay we can do the rock all goddamn day long no I'm talking about motherfucking Roddy Roddy Piper that's right we're gonna do a month dedicated to two of his films now there are definitely more films in his repertoire than just these two that we're going to do, but I'm pretty sure you're going to be happily surprised. And this really came from a Facebook user uh, who, sadly, I don't know your name uh, because, at least on my end, it looks like you're using Russian characters, but you know who you are. Uh, He is stationed in Japan, and uh, he always talks to me uh, about a lot of different Japanese horror movies which is really cool and it's given me some really great ideas. And one of the suggestions that he had, because we've talked quite a bit, uh, was the following movie 
that we are going to do to start Roddy Roddy Piper Month. So please enjoy the trailer for Hell Comes to Frogtown. In the future, after the big war, there will come a time to rebuild and a need for a new and special kind of soldier. This man is carrying a loaded weapon. Prepare to meet the next great American hero. That's where you come in. Are you serious? His name is... Hell. Sam Hell. Never heard of you. We're going to Frogtown. And this is the adventure he's been waiting for. We're gonna get him out, and then you're gonna get him pregnant. And if anyone's got a chance in hell of rescuing the virgins from the evil clutches of Toadie. It's a miracle. Right. Let's go. And escaping from Frogtown. Go, 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 go! It's Sam. Holy shit! Be there for the action. (laughs) The adventure. Sam! What are you doing? And be there for the dance of the three snakes. Dance? gonna die when hell comes to frogtown starring roddy roddy piper as sam you are one weird dude sandal bergman as nurse spangle wired to blow hell comes to frogtown eat left froggies So if you haven't seen this film before, like I haven't, I've heard a lot about this film. Uh, it looks batshit insane and it sounds batshit insane. So this should be a very fun one to go through. Uh, and I thank you so much for the suggestion and it gave me the idea that I need to do uh, two movies of him and give him his own month. Now you can probably guess what the other movie is because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, but we're going to do, well, Hell Comes to Frogtown first, uh, and then, of course, uh, the following episode will be the other one, which you will hear in the episode. Uh, and also, I want to uh, say, you guys can always follow the podcast on Twitter, it's T underscore T underscore podcast, uh, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Terrible Terror Podcast, where I believe... Uh, and I'm trying to put something together uh, to do a contest, uh, which you'll probably hear more about in the next podcast episode. Uh, I want to figure out what I'm going to do, um, and uh, then you guys will hear it, but you'll hear it on the Facebook page first. Uh, that is going to be a guarantee. So if you want to be involved in uh, a contest for the Terrible Terror podcast, uh Pay attention to our Facebook page because it will be up there sometime within the next month. Uh, Also, you can follow the podcast on Instagram, Terrible Terror Podcast on Instagram, uh, where, you know, funny little pictures that I find that I like, uh, I put up there and and little things. Um, And then lastly, if you have movie suggestions. So I have kind of a roadmap that I've got for the next couple of months. And there is definitely something very fun that I want to do as we get closer to Season 3. And I know this is a lot of crap at the end of the podcast, but I kind of want to give you guys an idea of where I'm kind of leading on it. So 
I know we know what May is going to be. And then June, it is going to be that's a sci-fi month. So I want kind of theme months going on. And then we're going to do uh, something for July. I'm not sure quite yet. And I have to figure out what I want to do for August. Um, so suggestions are always good. And they can be sent over to TerribleTerrorPodcast at gmail.com or hit any of the social uh, websites that we have. So I have one movie that is a definite. And I think I have another one that's definite for uh, sci-fi for uh, June. Uh, which was suggested by another Facebook user, and you'll definitely get your shout-out, because I think I've got your name. Uh, (laughs) uh, But suggestions uh, for August, uh, for films around then, and then I've got a couple uh, of also bonus episodes that will probably be coming out within the next month or so. So even though we're only doing two full movies, uh, I've got a couple of things that I will release as bonus episodes. Um including a chat with uh, somebody we've talked to before, but I'm looking forward to talking with him again. Uh, And then somebody new. And then I'm trying to work on something else that I want to do. And I hope that it can come through. Uh, But, you know, I want to have a little more of a clear map for what's going on forward. Uh, So I do appreciate everybody that listens. Uh, I see there's always somebody new downloading the podcast almost every day. Uh, And I really would appreciate your guys' feedback uh, if you do use uh, iTunes. I know I see a lot when I look at the stats. I see there's a lot of Android users as well. But um, on iTunes, uh, you know, that helps me a lot uh, get rates and reviews uh and it helps me get seen and on other platforms this one but there's this one other platform uh that i've recently started using with the podcast uh and there was a reddit user that kind of brought me to that and it's called cast crunch and uh <clears throat> it's weird because it kind of looks like a it feels like a Reddit-ish type of place, but it's a place where you can discuss episodes and uh, download them, listen to them, and then upvote them or downvote them or however you want to do it. Uh, and so if you want to be on a discussion on an episode, you can go there, you can follow the podcast on that as well, uh, and you can rate and review me, uh, and, and we can have kind of an open discussion as well. Um because I, I kind of want to know what you guys think and what ways can we improve and what ways uh, can do something different. And I do want to do something different for one of the months uh, that I hope you guys are going to enjoy. Uh, and I really hope I can work out the logistics for it. Uh, and it should be entertaining because it's not something that I've done before. Um, so uh, that's probably already giving away way too much. Uh, and... You know, you can check out, there's, uh, you know, the network that we have built, uh, even as small as it is, the It Be Like That network. Uh, We have a YouTube channel, and uh, I'm going to start trying to do video reviews on some things. Uh, And there's one thing I've been working on for way too long that I'm trying to put up, uh, and we'll, we'll see if I can actually get it done in time this time. And I keep saying on the other podcast I will. Uh, so, and if you don't know about the other podcasts as well, check out it be like that, which is also available on all the platforms. Uh, and that's where, uh, my co-host and I, we talk about just kind of everything from, uh, local stuff around here to advice that nobody wants to, uh, we just did a citizenship test 
with uh, my co-host and his brother, and you can see who won on that episode. So, uh, without further ado, and without me rambling on for another fucking, like, 20 minutes, and uh, I just want to say one more time that I truly am grateful to everybody that listens, uh, and uh, I couldn't do this without you guys. So, with that being said, I will talk to you next episode. It's going to be out in two weeks, and that's going to be... Hell comes to Frogtown. See you then.